Welcome to Inspirational Tales. When my guests on this podcast experience the most challenging times of their lives, they use these hardships to learn, grow and better themselves. And as a result, they are now thriving in life. Their stories are ones of resilience, strength and overcoming adversity. So sit back and join me as we celebrate them turning their challenges into triumphs. My guest on this episode is Grant Trebilco. Growing up, Grant was always seen as the happy kid, but as an adult and following periods of depression and then being hospitalised in a mental health ward for a manic episode, Grant was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Grant's lived experience and learnt coping strategies led him to become the founder of One Wave Is All It Takes, a global community which raises awareness for mental health through wearing fluoro, surfing and saltwater therapy, as well as creating a safe space to talk and support each other. In this interview, Grant shares so many gems about mental health, and I'm so thankful for the work that he's doing within this space. Hi, Grant. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. How are you? Hey, Jess. I'm really good. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Not a problem. I'm glad that we're finally able to meet. It's been in the works for a little while, so it's great to finally meet you and speak. Oh, no, I'm stoked to meet you. Thanks for everything you do to raise awareness of mental health. I really appreciate it. Not a problem at all. So I always like to start off my interviews right back at the beginning. So I'm not sure if people can hear your accent, but you're obviously not from Australia. So can you please tell us where you're from and what your childhood was like and growing up in that area? Yeah, I'm from New Zealand. So I'm from a little beach town called Mount Monganui. So I grew up just playing rugby and and surfing Um, in New Zealand. My dad's a keen surfer. So I grew up surfing with my brothers and my dad. And yeah, I've, I've been in New Zealand until... About 10 years ago, I moved to Oz, so I actually spent the last 10 years pretty much in, in Bondi, but before that, I was, I was living in New Zealand, yes. Yeah. So I had, had, had a fun childhood, you know, growing up playing rugby and surfing and, and living by the beach, so yeah, I was lucky in that sense that I grew up near the ocean. So why did you move to Australia? What was the reason for that? I love travel. And I'd actually been in, in London and Europe for like two years and I wasn't ready to go home to New Zealand. I was like, okay, I'd actually only stopped in Sydney for a night before that. And I was like, this place is epic. And I was like, because I love your beach, but also you're close to the city. So I was like, okay, I'll just, you know, see what Sydney's like. And I haven't left. I moved to Bondi and then I realized it's such an epic community. And we started One Wave nine and a half years ago. And so I've just met so many legends through One Wave and um, yeah, and being able to travel to different beaches throughout Oz. Yeah, I love Australia. It's good crew and, and, and you know, it's lucky it's close to New Zealand as well. And we're all, we're all the same. You know, we love the ocean and surfing and good people. So kind of feel like it's just, you know, it's been a good place to live. That's crazy. So you didn't intend on staying and you just stayed and never went home. Nah, I just stayed and think about it. Lucky thing with New Zealand is you just come with the passport, you're sweet, and then I can go yeah, and travel yeah, exactly. home easily to see the family. I'm super close with the family, so I live in Australia, and they love coming across to Oz. So, yeah, it's been super good. I mean, I pretty much spent the last two years back in New Zealand due with COVID and everything, so I've been lucky to spend some time back home during the craziness. But, yeah, the rest of the time been been in Oz. Wow. Well, we're lucky to have you here. Oh, lucky to, lucky to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> So did you have any, as a child, did you have any mental health struggles back then? Yeah, it's a good question, eh? Like I, I was the happy kid growing up. You know, the people have always said to me, um, man, how are you so happy all the time? Same as my dad, like, and my dad has bipolar the same as me, always smiling and happy. And looking back, like, we didn't even talk about mental health when I was at school. I had to go and do a talk recently at my old high school, and um, that oh, was wow. pretty scary. Yeah, it was like, so it's a boys' college. We grew up playing rugby, didn't talk about mental health, and... I went back and did a talk and afterwards the teacher was like, man, I didn't even realize you went through mental health challenges when you were there. I was like, to be honest, I don't know if I did, but looking back, I think I suffered some anxiety at school, that social anxiety around, you know, sometimes I wanted to be around people, other times I didn't and just self-doubt was quite high. Um, So I reckon I suffered some kind of anxiety at school. But then I think the first time I really suffered from mental health challenges was probably about 22, 23 when I went through my first breakup. It was like a four-year, five-year relationship. And that's when I said I couldn't get out of bed, didn't want to go do the things I love doing, like surfing. And I remember my mum and dad trying to get me to go get some help, but I didn't because like, nah, I'll just fix it myself, you know, because growing up playing rugby, we grew up in a, a macho culture, you know, and mm-hmm. especially with the All Blacks and years, we're like, you don't, unless you break your arm, you know, you kind of just think you should fix it yourself. So, and I didn't even know what mental health was or that you'd go to a doctor to get a checkup from the neck up. So I just kind of dealt with it. But it wasn't until like five years later when I was 30, actually when I moved to Sydney and I was working for a 
tequila company partying a lot and that's kind of just when my mental health issues really just kind of like hit rock bottom I got diagnosed with depression and ended up in the mental health ward and was diagnosed with bipolar and that was yeah nine nine years ago now so that's kind of sometimes it just it was hidden underneath there and it just took that like like partying and trying to cover it up and it just kind of all all hidden I couldn't hide it anymore when I was in the mental health ward but um yeah that was the hardest thing I've ever had to go through in my life being in the mental health ward for two weeks but to be honest it was a turning point for me because I couldn't hide it anymore and I had to at least I knew I had bipolar and from there it's just been like a rebuild of like okay how can I take care of my mental health what are the key things so yeah it's it's been a crazy journey and it's the even now when um like I am suffering from anxiety and I still do a lot I ask some of my mates hey can you tell that I'm anxious and they're like not even a thing like not no way and I'm like well that's scary because the way I'm feeling and what people can see if you're a kind of happy kind of person so yeah I kind of it's scary what you can hide behind a smile and that's why the inspiration behind starting one wave is just to get more people in the ocean surfing riding waves because that's what helped me you know sometimes one wave is all it takes and get more people talking about mental health because I just found that everyone's fine about it you know nothing about it. and we talk about the good stuff the parties and the surf trips but let's talk about the hard stuff because that's the stuff that you know really 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 matters yeah wow so you said that your dad has bipolar too did he ever speak about that or when was he diagnosed was that when you were still in new zealand yeah this is like it's a good question as well and you know i had to actually ask my dad that so i so i was diagnosed nine years ago and I think my dad was diagnosed about four or five years before me. And I think okay. that the family, you know, like mum had told us, but we didn't even know what bipolar was, you know. And yeah. so we didn't really we didn't really talk about it. And that's one thing I felt super bad about when I got out of hospital. I was like, man, I haven't even talked to dad about having bipolar. So that actually brought us, we've always been close, but that brought us closer together because I remember going out on the surf and just asking him about bipolar and um and what he'd been through and he's such a legend and he's he's like so happy and lives a really good life so I just kind of go well, man if, if my dad's like living a good life with bipolar and then maybe I can too so I just started going mm-hmm. surfing with him every day and just asking him about bipolar and yeah I just learned that it's just part of us you know like and having bipolar I just called it like bipolar beer you know like it's it's one of those mm-hmm. things you know like and, and me and my dad so yeah I learned so much from him and um yeah I think just it's just the thing of like you can just talk to one person who's been through something similar you just don't feel alone and so that was a big part of me dealing with that i was ashamed of him bipolar started to what people think i'm crazy there's a lot of stigma around bipolar but yeah i just kind of i just started sharing my story and that's the thing that helped me most now can we just talk about bipolar a bit for a minute for anyone listening that doesn't know what it is can you explain to us what it is please yeah, so everyone has ups and downs in life, you know, like everyone everyone has mental health, everyone has highs and lows, just like the ocean. Some days the waves are super good and big and some days they're small, some days they're flat, you know, I think it's just like our mood. But bipolar, you can have the lows of depression, which I've been through, and you can have the highs, which they call mania. And the highs, I've, I've had two manic episodes, and to anyone who's had a, a manic episode, they'll understand me here, you go from feeling like you're finally feeling the best you've ever felt like you're you've got all this energy the anxiety goes you've got all this confidence but if you if you go too high the mania it's like so within it's probably easiest just to explain what i went through on a manic episodes because it's quite a hard thing to explain so on a friday night i broke up with a girlfriend of, of five years because you don't want any commitments when you're manic by wednesday this is when i was working for the tequila company i'd spent all my money on bar tabs even though i had for the surf team even though i had all this free tequila thursday i walked into my manager's office and said i want to quit this job i'm over this corporate shit even though it was the tequila marketing job was the funnest job ever but and then I said I was going to start this charity called Where the Party At and follow the surf tour around and raise money for surf aids. Everything just feels like it's clicking together. By Sunday after a, uh, like an all-nighter in the cross, I decided I'd paddle around the... It was during the Australian Surf Open. I'd take a surf club paddleboard off the beach and paddle around the contest to support one of the team. And so just you just lose... I remember my friends saying, man, are you okay? You're speaking so fast. And I'm usually pretty chilled. And I was just like 100 miles an hour going, this, this idea, this idea. You've got so much energy, but it's just too too much. You got you don't know how to bring it down. And so the only way they could bring me down and balance me out was to, um, yeah, I remember just getting taken 
to the mental health ward. I had a couple of policemen like grab me. They like handcuff me, which I don't know why you need to do that. Like handcuffed by police in front of all the crowd at the surf comp, taken to the mental health ward, and like you don't want to go because when you're manic, you've gone from like depression to like this high where you're finally feeling good, and then all of a sudden they're trying to stop that, and pretty much that yeah, they just I spent two weeks in the mental health ward until you can kind of show that you've kind of calmed down. So yeah, people can have different episodes. So some people can cycle from, there's bipolar one and bipolar two. I've had the bipolar, I think it's the one where if you've been admitted to hospital, some people don't go as high where they get admitted to hospital. And some people can cycle daily highs and lows. Some people, I've had two manic episodes in nine years, but it's I think people get confused about like, bipolar being like the weather like hey the weather's like bipolar that's it's it's deaf it's not that it's some people it can be a year between episodes some people do it daily but yeah it just depends on on the person but there is some positives you know like a lot of creative people have bipolar the most caring people have bipolar they feel you feel a lot like feel just so much emotion super sensitive but you really care about helping people and when you're manic you're not doing anything bad or to you know to hurt people you're actually doing it to help people you're like i don't need money i'll just give it to these other people i want to start a charity did it so it's <laughs> just trying to balance it out so why did they arrest you oh what did you, you I, do uh, it, it was it was when i paddled around the surf competition on i like, took a surf club paddleboard off the beach but i've been actually so they didn't luckily didn't get arrested um like it was more just like handcuffed and taken and it's happened twice and the second time there was no reason for it they just get so worried but i don't think they understand mental health some people that you deal with and so yeah i definitely didn't need it to be handcuffed so it was just to remove you from the situation, but they um, did yeah. it in a way that you think wasn't necessarily appropriate for the um, yeah. situation. Especially the second time because I was just walking down Bondi Beach, you know, and doing nothing. It was just like they were worried. And then I guess the key thing is like I didn't want to go because when you're manic, you think everything's going good. And you kind of like, you just think there's no reason that you need to go to a mental health ward. And so it's probably that. It's just like, yeah, the second situation was, it's just like, oh man, why do they need to use so much force when someone's just going through mental health challenges? But yeah, it's pretty crazy like that. Um, so I love some places now they're actually got mental health, like part of like that um, ambulance service and they've got like mental health professionals, like, you know, psychiatrists that are part of the service because then they know how to talk to people and what they're going through better. So yeah, it's just a hectic experience, you know, and something that I don't want anyone else to have to go through. So when you're going through that, you said you don't necessarily know that you're going through an episode like that. But then once that episode, sorry, I'm calling it an episode, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, no, no, that's yeah. cool for sure. Once that finishes, do you then realize that you've done what you've done? How does that work? Do you feel guilty? Do you feel like, oh, I shouldn't have done that or... What happens afterwards? Yeah, that's the worst part is when you wake up in hospital and, like, they put you on meds to try and slow you down and you just, like, for me, I went from the highest high to the lowest low, you know, when I went in nine years ago because it's, like, you go from that, that mania where you've gone from, like, super confident and then you go through that. You're, like, whoa, I just quit my job. I loved – I got, like, handcuffed in front of, like, a whole bunch of people, like, paddled out around the comp. And the thing is because I'm usually, like, super chilled and, like, I would never do any of that. So mm. kind of from there you, like, go through that whole, like, embarrassed, like, oh, man, what have I done? So you go through de your depression. And I kind of just after that packed up all my stuff in Sydney and moved home to New Zealand for a year just to, just to recover and – kind of you know i was like that was kind of part of the motivation behind starting one way i've got to, i've got to show people that there was a reason why i did that that's not me like there's a reason why people go through mental health challenges and there's a reason why things happen like i need to try and show people like that that's not me and that's don't judge people by what they go through and their mental health challenges because that manic episode that wasn't something that i could control it was i was actually on the part of the reason i was on i went manic because i was on the wrong medication so i've been put on and everyone has different meds, um, you know, work for everyone, but I was on antidepressants and they actually, I shouldn't have been on those because they send you, can send you manic if you've got bipolar. Um, so I got misdiagnosed and that was kind of part of the reason was the party and the tequila, but part of the reason was the antidepressants as well. 
Okay. So what did the people around you, you said that, you know, this is not me, this is not what I'm like. The people around you who are close to you, how did they respond to you? Nothing but love. That's the, yeah, like, yeah, like my family's amazing. Like the best, they, they came over to, they they came over and got a place in Manly, just up down the hill from the mental health ward. And I was only allowed out like 15 minutes a day, which is crazy on mm. the first like week. And so they'd come in and just bring me like good food. And then the first time, I think it was after a week, I was allowed an hour out. So they like took me surfing down Manly. And Aww. like, that's the best thing ever. So my family's amazing. Um, and then my, my close friends were the first person, people I started to tell. And um, yeah, unreal. And I, I kind of thought they'd run the other way, which is crazy. But they, yeah, just nothing but love and support. And I was, but what I couldn't believe what happened next was when um, a couple of my close friends started coming to me after I told them, you know, I had bipolar and they're out of the surf and, one came to me and said he suffered from anxiety, never told anyone. Another mate said he'd, you know, suffered from depression when he broke his leg and then no surf. And I was like, whoa, these are like my best mates. Like, I was like, why don't we talk about the stuff? And that was why I was like, then I just dedicated every day after that to one wave and trying to create, you know, more conversations around mental health and get more people in the ocean. And that saved me because the embarrassment and stuff about what happened, I kind of turn that into this like motivation to kind of start something to help people. So all of a sudden, instead of focusing on the negative, what I've lost of like, okay, I can use this having bipolar to, to try and, you know, show people like I thought people would run the other way, but it was the complete opposite. So maybe I can like just try and part, pay it forward from what people, the love they've showed me and show that to others. And so that's, that's, yeah, that's helping people is probably in, in the ocean and good people around me has been the biggest thing that's helped me, you know, like live a good life with bipolar. I love hearing that. It's almost like everyone's waiting for someone to just say, you know, this is what I'm going through for them to be able to say, you know what, I am too, or I'm going through this struggle too. Being vulnerable, it means that people can probably be vulnerable with you or open up, feel like they can open up too. And I yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. It's just, just to learn it's okay not to be okay and like you've been vulnerable. I used to think, you know, like growing up, especially for guys, it's quite hard to open up and we're worried about what people think. But I've just learned like being vulnerable is a strength and you know it's okay to cry it's good to let out your emotions um and that actually allows people in and allows them to open up so that's a big thing and I've just that's what my mate showed to me so really I'm just like paying it for from what what my mates did to me we did the same thing too yeah I mean I've been lucky you know I've been lucky I feel like I've been lucky to have so many good people around me you know and I think that's the key thing that helps you get, get you through so when you left the mental health ward and you said you went back to New Zealand, what was the first thing that you did? And I guess, did you have a strategy? Like you've mentioned a few things, you went surfing, you did spoke to your friends, but did you have a strategy at the time of, obviously there's medication is one aspect of this, but there's the whole other lifestyle, other aspects too, that could help you. Did you have a strategy moving forward about what to do to kind of help yourself and maintain your mental health? yeah definitely and the, the key thing for me is like having the you need family friends and uh, that day-to-day support you know like you need your like free to find toolkit or your mental health toolkit which for me was the ocean when it was flat running was massive for me you know doing yoga something to just to chill out i kind of started to learn some breathing techniques um like box breathing helped a lot just breathing in for four and holding for four and just to still still the mind and I felt I just kind of learned how important breathing was um just for controlling your your breath and your your emotions but then I needed professional support because it's like that's the key thing and I just call it like a checkup from the neck up and um sometimes it's really hard to find the right professional support someone you click with uh, but what I just say to people is it's like relationships you know sometimes you get lucky first up sometimes it takes some time but just just don't give up and it took me a while to find a good doctor and to find a good doctor that could give me the right medication especially with bipolar because you need a, like a I didn't even know that you could go to you know you can go to any doctor and get mental health advice and then they can work out whether you need a psychologist or psychiatrist and I needed both because psychiatrist helps you with your medication so it took me a while to find the right medication and get the right professional support. But um, yeah, luckily now I've got an awesome doctor, um, Sharon. She's based in Avalon, so I travel to Avalon from from Bondi, whatever, and I need to see her. And she surfs, and she just gets it, and she just like she's helped me get on the, you know, the right medication for me. I have to take two different types of medication, and I used to hate taking it at the start, but now it's just it's just part of what I do, you know, like. You take insulin if you've got diabetes or if you could, if you were going through any illness and someone said, hey, there's a medication that helps that, I would, you know, I would do it, you know, as long as I, I felt it was safe for me. 
so yeah now it's just it's just part of my mental health recipe but um i think the key thing for me is just i still have to work on my mental health recipe every single day like there's i i with bipolar you have ups and downs i suffer from anxiety a lot and there's just always different things i'm learning to improve from other people like doing this podcast and you learn different recipes um but the biggest probably change in in me is probably just knowing now when i never suffered depression before it just felt like shit was bad and it was only going to get worse if i get low now i know that okay shit's bad but it can only get better i've just got to hold on it's just a matter of time it's just i've just got to go and do the things that help me free the funk so i guess i can bounce back quicker but i kind of just know now that i've felt this before i've got through it once i can get through it again i feel like that's what scares me with people who haven't felt depression or anxiety before because it's it's so scary for you like what it feels like it's something happening with your body you know like because you feel the anxiety in your chest and the pressure you just feel so low and um yeah i've just that's why i just try and let people know just hang in there just do anything it takes to help you kind of get through this next little bit it's gonna get easier uh but yeah it's i think that's the one thing i've learned is just that kind of like understanding it and, and, and feeling what it feels like to be that low and what it takes to get through it. So can you tell us about the first time? So we will speak about One Wave in a minute, but can you tell us about that first time that you wore bright clothing into the ocean and why did you do that? Yeah, that was so fun. I love surfing. I love dressing up. I love, I love good time. It's always, um, yeah, I've always done it. I think it's part of bipolar too, like just having these ideas. Um, sometimes they don't work so much. Other times they do. The padding on the surf club paddleboard around the surf contest is not a good idea, but this, this one <laughs> seems to work a bit better. Yeah, so we'd come up with this idea around one wave and, and we want to get more people in the ocean, more people talking about mental health. But we just were like, okay, if we take people surfing, that's going to help them, but it's, it's not going to start conversations around mental health. And it was a Thursday night in Bondi, um, and I was like, I've never surfed in a suit before. I'm like, oh, that'll be fun surfing in a suit. And I couldn't find, I found a shirt tie, but couldn't find my suit pants. I was like, okay, we'll just wear boardies, shirt tie. And I was like, <laughs> really? I was just like, I was like, maybe, I don't really know what I was doing, but I was like, I want to raise awareness of mental health. I was like, maybe if I dress up in different outfit than my normal wetsuit, people might ask me like, why I'm dressed up and maybe it'll start. So this was a normal suit? Was it? Yeah, yeah, just, this was, yeah, the first one was just like a normal suit. So this, it wasn't even called like Flora Fridays. And it was just like a shirt, tie, boardies. And I called it like a one-way board meeting for mental health. Yeah, and heaps of people laughed at me. They thought I'd just been on an all-nighter. But <laughs> I had some chats in the surf that day with complete strangers, and they shared their story around mental health. There was this guy who would have been in his 50s, um, asked me why I was dressed up. He's like, mostly people just smile. It makes them smile. But then some people ask, you know, you know, why are you dressed up? And I was like, you know, it's raise awareness of mental health. Like I went, you know, I was diagnosed with bipolar and surfing helped me. And he's like, man, like I've had depression for years and I've never told anyone. He's like, gave me a big hug and started tearing up. I'm like, whoa, wow. if this is all, if this is all it takes, I'm, I'm dressing up in like some ridiculous outfit every <laughs> week. And we haven't missed a Flora Friday since. And then the next week I just chucked it on Instagram, like one way board meeting for mental health. There was like three of us this legend joel and another guy i think it was josh and never met them before and then the next week there was 10 and then i think about week four i think but yeah we started using flora i think i was like oh maybe flora fridays is a better name like it's um flora fridays it's the aim of bright colors is it makes people happy like when you see a rainbow but it also makes an invisible issue visible so most of the time it's mental health you know it's scary what you can hide behind a smile so the fluoro like help start those conversations so yeah we haven't missed a week now for nine and a half years of the floral fridays and it wouldn't happen without the amazing support of the community one way of community around the world we have more than 50 volunteers that run um different beaches around the world the floral fridays and they do it for the love of it and they've created these epic communities wow so from that very first time it just took off yeah it took some time i was lucky so a good mate uh, my best mate sammy he, he was the first person to jump on board with one wave and like he used to run a surf school and he was super keen so having all his support it wouldn't happen without him and joel another legend joel pilgrim um he was there the, like the second week and so all these support but it, it kind of started happening in bondi and we we're super lucky and then it wasn't until i got a message from a girl um in byron bay who said hey i she messaged us on Instagram. She said, hey, I saw the floral pics on Instagram. I decided to paddle out in a floral dress at Byron today. And all these people were asking about what it's about and they're really keen to get involved. And so the next week we went to Byron. There was 30 of us at this floor. I was like, whoa, I can't believe it started at 
another beach and so mm. it took like the first year i think maybe like maybe like five beaches um and then from there we were just lucky that more beaches started up and yeah i couldn't believe it it just shows there's so many people that are passionate about sharing their love of the ocean and, and raising awareness of mental health bringing color to mental health it sounds like such a fun idea as well I mean, on your website, there's there's videos and I, I was saying to you earlier that you can't not look at them and just not smile. Seeing everyone in those colourful clothes and even school kids that you would recently done a school tour all wearing fluoro clothing, it, you can't not smile. It, it just genuinely makes you happy just looking at all the photos of, of people dressed up like that and having fun. I think it's an incredible idea and I think creating a community around it too would also be extremely helpful for people to get involved is that has that been the case has the community been a big part of this not just going out into the ocean and and surfing yeah yeah thanks so much for the support too really appreciate it. i think the fluoro yeah it makes it more lighthearted and it helps start those conversations about mental health in a lighthearted way and community is key so when we go down there everyone's so if you roll down to a fluoro friday like bondi everyone's dressed in bright outfits we have all ages we have um you know, mums bring their kids down there. We've got Cedric, who's 85. He brings 87 now, actually. He brings his favourite quotes for the last four years. He brings, like, his top five quotes, motivational <laughs> quotes for the week. And we sit in an anti-bad vibe circle before we surf or swim. And you don't have to be a surfer. You can come down for a swim or a walk on the beach, but you start with an anti-bad vibe circle. And we just check in and ask, hey, how are you really going? What are your tips for freeing the funk? Just to make check, to make sure, hey, look, are you really Okay. Community's key though, I think. I think people are realizing more than ever. And it doesn't matter whether it's like your running community or your yoga or your gym, it's just having something to look forward to each week. People that you can connect with where you can just be you. And I think one way, but like if you're having a tough week, you know, okay, I've heard this where it's like, okay, if I could just get through to Friday to see the one wave crew. And I think the people that come down of they're super open, they've got time, they're kind, and I feel like when you're going through mental health challenges, if you can just have people around you, it might be one person, two people, where you can just be you. You don't have to pretend you're happy mm-hmm. if you're not, because that's the hardest thing ever. So I think the one way of career, you can just be you. If you want to go down to, if you want to share your story, you can. If you want to just sit in the circle, you can, um, and just listen. If you want to come down to support others, you can. Um, I think community is just having that support week in, week out is massive. Now, you did have a couple of pretty high-profile guests join you at Bondi in one of these a few years ago. How did – uh, is he Prince Harry now? I'm not sure what he's called. Yeah, yeah. Prince Harry and yeah, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows who we're talking about. How did that come about? Yeah, that was crazy. So we're like a full grassroots charity. Like we're volunteer-led. Um, I work for One Wave part-time. Luckily, and every, all the rest of the crew is volunteers. They're all legends. So we did not expect this. We had some Australian government come down and said, hey, we want to come check out Florida Friday with some potential guests that might be keen to come. And they came down just to check it out. And um, afterwards, they, we're like, okay. So they're like, we, yeah, we think that they'd love it. And we're like, okay, who was that? And they wouldn't tell us yet. And then we had to... Um, then so they, they contacted you. Yeah, like they were looking for, I think they contacted the Australian government to say, hey, look, we want to, you know, like support a local mental health charity um, around, you know, and luckily they picked one wave and then we had to do this, like they brought all their security team over next. Once we found out, we're like, oh man, we can't believe that because Prince Harry and Meghan are so passionate about mental health, they're such good people. So we're like, if there's any guests that we'd pick to have, we'd pick them and we're like, well, it starts to get pretty nervous because we kind of like, they hadn't said we definitely got it yet and then we had to go down to Bondi Beach, me and Sammy, and pitch the idea to like 30 of their team, like the security guards and like oh. everything. But I've never been so nervous. But I'm like, this is like the biggest opportunity we'll get, ever get to try and help more people because the awareness we got from it was like amazing. And um, yeah, luckily they confirmed to say, yeah, we're going to come down. And it was the, yeah, it was the best experience ever. They were so nice. And like, they just kicked off their shoes on the beach, put on the Hawaiian lays and they, they were like really there. Like they were, sitting down there to be a vibe circle with their fluoro on sharing stories around mental health and just like it was the best thing ever for the one wave community around the world and it just it helped so many more people because it just showed people that mental health issues don't discriminate it doesn't matter where you are in the world like you know there's people that care and it helped us bring more color to mental health and start so many more beaches around the world from that so if people are listening to this saying, I'd like to be involved in this, how do I find out more? How can people get involved? 
Yeah, we'll be so stoked to have you involved. So there's a number of ways. If you jump on the One Waves All It Takes website, you can see all the beaches um, that are currently running Fluoro Fridays on, on the um, website. And so you can just, you've got details of the tribe that is there, so you can just join your local beach. It's a free event and you don't have to be a surfer to be involved. If there's not your local beach on there, if you want to start a Fluoro Friday at your local beach, it could be weekly or monthly drop me a message it's got my email on there would love to chat to you so that's the beaches if you want us to host a free Fluoro Friday at your school we'd be stoked to make it happen we're going to be running a, a lot of school events October for mental health month and November and yeah there's a number of options if you're wanting to kindly donate because we provide the school programs for free thanks to the support of the community uh, if you want to kindly donate to support it's about five dollars donation gets one gives one student the chance to be part of the one wave program on average Yes, you can have a massive impact. So there's a number of ways we'd be stoked to have you involved. And as always, I'll put Grant's details and One One Wave's details in the show notes for this episode um, so you can go have a look. So in June, you did, you just mentioned there the Free the Funk uh, school tours that you did. So in June, you did quite a few of them at different schools around the country. So can you speak a bit about that and I guess what what they are and, and why you do them? Yeah, so we have that uh, Free the Funk School program. And now for the last two years, we've actually been doing that virtually. But in June, we're like, we can finally go back to schools. They can, the um, schools can run the assemblies again. Um, so Free the Funk um, School programs are about bringing like, the Fluoro Friday, the bright colours into schools and providing young people with you know tools and tips, like mental health tools and tips they can use throughout their lives. So basically it's like taking Fluoro Fridays to the school. So either run it in the assembly or in the classrooms. Uh, all the students dress up in bright colours. To bring more colour to mental health, we share free the fun tips with the students. We talk about it's okay not to be okay, it's cool to be kind and it's awesome to be different. We give the students a chance to like share their free the fun tips. So the primary schools, you got all the like kids dressed in their bright colors and sharing their free the funk tips anything from like riding their bikes um to hanging out their mates just chilling out by themselves and i've been amazed at how open they are and the questions i get so basically one of the questions i got was like so i teach them about hey asking you know like how are you really like because usually if we go how are you going like yeah i'm good but if you ask like Mm -hmm. secondly how are you really and i had a kid in the um front it was bell it was a school in sydney and she asked me at the end, she's like, how are you really? And I was like, oh, like, this is the, I was like, oh, that is amazing. This, like, six-year-old girl, and she's like, how are you really? I'm like, oh, that's the, the best thing ever. And I asked, another girl asked, like, have you ever been sad when you've been down to a Fluoro Friday? And I was like, that is the best question ever. And the answer is yes, I've been sad. Some weeks I struggle when I go into Fluoro Friday. Some weeks I have to ask Sam or one of the other crew to run the anti-bad vibe circle so if I've got anxiety I don't feel like talking but I always feel a little bit better when I leave I don't necessarily feel like full happy but I definitely feel better and I kind of guess the key thing is just letting the young people know it's okay not to be okay so we did um, 19 free programs in June and that was across throughout New South Wales Um, so that was at high schools and at primary schools so we do the program from five years right through until to 18 or we also do university programs as well so if anyone's keen for us to run a program at their school just jump on the website there's a booking form and we can uh, get in touch about making it happen it's like can be like 15 minutes or up to an hour the hour when we actually run like an anti-bad vibe circles after we do the talk in the assembly for like the 15 minutes or half an hour we break into anti-bad vibe circle and like share free the fun tips and, and check in the aim is to provide the session, but then do it each year, but also then we actually provide training for the teachers so they can keep running the Flora Fridays at the school. So some of the primary schools actually have like a box of Hawaiian Lays in the corner and every like mm-hmm. Monday and Friday they bring them out and they do like a check-in and how oh. they're feeling in terms of the weather, like are they feeling sunny, cloudy, and how do they free the funk? So the aim is like to to create that culture within the school, kind of like the Flora Friday where they keep at, at the beach where they keep that going, that keep the conversation going. But to do it in a fun way as well. Yeah, do it in a fun, light-hearted way. And, and the, yeah, the kids love the flora. We, we did a trip to a road trip to Wolcania, which is like 11 hours in the outback. And we sat there and we like, we take a flora surfboard in and get them. Some people find it um, easier to, you know, say how they're feeling or, or share their free the fun tips by writing or through art. And so we take a surfboard in as well with some like um, surf paint pens and we get them to write like their free the fun tips on the board as well for, for the kids that aren't as open about sharing, you know, around their mates, especially when they get to high schools. They're not as 
open about sharing around their mates. So that kind of helps start those conversations. Do you think that, so over the few years since your mental health struggles started to now and everything you've been involved in, have you seen a shift in what's happening? Yeah, I did a massive shift. I mean, people are so much more open now about mental health. The stigma's reduced. Um, the amount of sports people that are talking about mental health that just never used to happen. The amount of my mates that actually, like, we sit around on a Friday night, you know, like, have a beer and be like, how, how are you going? How are you actually going? You know, and I feel like people are a lot more open, but we're still losing so many people is the scary thing. Yeah. So there's still people that, you know, don't feel like opening up. And this thing that scares me is often the people that you least expect that you don't know to check up on. So what I'm trying to, like, do, you know, amongst my mates is just, like, find ways to start those conversations on a regular basis. Like, and so me and my mates use this thing called, like, Stoke Factor. So, like, how are you feeling? How's your Stoke Factor out of 10? Like, the surf report. And, like, we'll just message on what's <laughs> happened. It's, like, if it's five or below, we're like, oh, man, sorry, you know, sorry to hear you're doing a bit tough. You know, anything we do to help you bring your Stoke Factor up, you know. And that's kind of way or like just how's your headspace. So I feel like it's there's a lot more people talking about it, but I think it's also hard to find the right professional support. There's a couple like a couple of reasons. Sometimes you don't connect with the right person. It takes a long time to get a psychologist appointment sometime or a psychiatrist, which should never happen. And that's why there's actually a lot of really good online resources these days. Like we listen is a really good one where you can get an appointment within a week and talk to a psychologist online. But also it's expensive. Like mental, you shouldn't have to pay so much for. I know there is support, but it's still too expensive for. I've been quoted like ridiculous amount for psychologists or psychiatrists. So I feel like people reach out for help there's more people reaching out for help now there's more conversations but it's still hard sometimes that next step so what we try and do in the one wave community is we try and let people know they're alone and start the conversation at the beach but then we try and partner up with local psychologists or doctors so if someone comes to the beach and they're struggling we can we can connect them up with the right support so to anyone struggling i'll just say there's always just don't give up if you're if you're trying to find the right professional help or you're just not getting it because that's what happened to me but I've found a really good doctor now. I've got a good psychologist. So Lifeline's always good to chat to because you're chatting to people who have been through it. They're volunteers. So that's an awesome way to have a chat. Headspace is awesome for young people because you just drop in. It's free and have a chat. So there's a lot. Of, and we have all the resources on the One Waves What Takes website. There's a need help page that kind of lists all the professional support. But I think the first step is just getting a really good doctor who specializes in mental health and ask your doctor and say, hey, look, is there someone who specializes in mental health there? And if you're not happy, go check out another doctor's. I just say keep going until you find the find one that you connect with. Over the past couple of years, I think this has become a bit worse as well in terms of because of COVID, so many more people have have struggled, I think, with mental health and therefore the need for psychologists and psychiatrists and everything has increased. And so I think, I believe what I've heard is that the wait times and things like that got quite bad yeah. because of that, because a lot of people were struggling. But it also meant that mental health became a lot more in the mainstream. And it was spoken about a lot more, I think, because a lot more people were going through it. Yeah, I'd say there's because there's never ever been a time we've all been through something tough together. So I think people were checking in, um, especially because people were working from home. So people were checking in and talking about feelings a lot more, which is awesome. But I think, yeah, there's more people that are suffering than ever because it's like people have felt anxiety for the first time or depression for the first time. That's scary because if you haven't felt it, it's a scary thing to experience no matter what, but for the first time. So I think, yeah, people are more open, but a lot more people are doing it tough. And to adjust to from your game from lockdown to then being around a lot of people if you've got anxiety is quite a hard thing too. So it, that's the thing that scares me about not being able to get professional support when you need it because that's the difference, you know, that's the difference between people might have, it might have taken people a year to reach out for help and then you get a call, I've had this problem, they're like, no, nah, the books are closed, it's full. I'm like, well, how the hell are the books closed? Like, you know, there must be someone else you can link me up with or whatever, like... Yeah. That's the thing that scares me. It takes so people so long to ask for help, and then it's not there, and then we lose people because of that. So, I think that's one thing we need a lot more support from. Is like we should have a mental health professional in every doctor's. You should be able to get an appointment within a week. You shouldn't be waiting because it's it's the big you know it's the biggest killer of young people. So why shouldn't you be able to get help when you when you put your hand up and say you finally need it? So what I'm seeing now in schools is that 
there's mental health professionals in most schools now which is amazing so it's changing so i think the key thing is just know there's like yeah don't give up it does there is hope just gotta hang in there and i know when i was at my lowest low i was like it's just gonna get worse it's not gonna get better but it, it gets better it's just it's hard and there's nothing you can do to kind of that's when i say to people if, if their friends are suffering it's just being there and listening you said back when you went to that mental health ward that you didn't want to go and all of that what do you think about that now looking back in hindsight yeah i think that's another thing that whole needs a big change too like the mental health ward should be more a positive space where like you can do yoga meditation like it was like they're bad like the facilities in there it's scary you know in there um so i would do anything now to try and prevent my mates having to go in there because of that like they need to make it more of a positive space because i mean we all go through mental health and some of us just need more support than others but in saying that i don't think if i'd had that time in there i would have you know be where i'm at today in terms i might not have if i hadn't had the manic episode i might not have no i have bipolar and still trying to battle so i probably needed that time in there and that's what i say to my friends who are you know if there's friends that are really struggling it's like if you're super worried about them and worried about their life and it's the hardest question to ask but i say to people hey look like are you going to be okay and if they say like i'm not sure i'll be like hey look have you thought about taking your life and that's the hardest question you're going to have to ask but i think it's it's something that you have to ask sometimes you know and if they say yes then i'm like okay let's i I know you don't want to do this but i'm going to take you to the hospital the hospital usually you can you can talk to a psychiatrist and then a psychiatrist will decide if they want to check you into the into the mental health ward and i think that's just the you can talk take them i just say you can take them to a doctor if you're kind of worried but if you're really really worried then you know and sometimes you just need i've had friends just need a couple of weeks in there just to get get things sorted have support uh it's the toughest thing ever in there but some of us just need that you know and i've had two stints in there now and it's I hope I don't have to go in again, but it's just if I take care of my mental health, I won't have to. But yeah, it's just it's just the thing about mental health challenges. You know, some of us have to go through that. So, what is your mental health like now? My mental health is a, a, like yeah, it's it's. I feel like it's pretty good now. You know, like I, I feel like I've worked out the right recipe. I think um, like anything, I, I still struggle. I still get quite a bit of anxiety. I think bipolar you have the ups and downs but the anxiety in between can be quite bad and no one can see it like I ask my friends like you know can you tell them I've got bad anxiety like I've got a feeling in my chest and my self-doubt goes up so much and they're like nah so I think I've just got the recipes to help it now like I definitely I just know I need to I need to exercise in the mornings I've got to, like win the morning win the day it's like me and my mates have this thing if I do something positive for me before work in the morning like surf if I can't surf run just any exercise I just know I need to tell at least one mate if I'm struggling just to just to let it out. I need to make sure, you know, my meds are right. I actually have to go and get like my lithium levels tested by medication every three months to make sure my levels are right because if they go too high or too low out of the like therapeutic zone, then it can be bad with bipolar. I have to do my, like I do box breathing. Uh, I've started getting into ice baths, meditation. So it's like... I've just learned all these different things, you know, like music is massive for me. But one thing I just know is like the biggest thing that helped me is if I'm if I get down or if I get anxiety, I'm like, okay, I've felt this before, I can get through it. I've just got to, maybe I just need to take a day or two to myself and at least it's okay not to be okay. I've learned is a big thing. I don't have to always go out, you know, if I don't feel like it and be around people. Sometimes I just need to have downtime and I just know that if I can just hold on and do the things that help my mental health, eventually I'm going to get the good vibes back. Um, if I fight it, like fight the feelings and say, nah, I'm, I've got no reason to be sad, it's just going to take longer for me to bounce back. So yeah, I just know, hey, just feel the feelings, do the things that help me free the funk, and it's, it, it sucks. Like it's, I you know, like anyone with mental health challenges, you know, like days when I'm just like, oh, man, like why is this happening again? Sometimes it happens for a reason, sometimes I can't even work out why, but I'm just like, okay i just got to go back to the things that help me um yeah and that yeah that helps me kind of like free the funk and kind of get bounced back a bit quicker i've got a question about so when you first went out into the surf wearing your suit you hear a lot about so when someone's got depression and things like that they withdraw and they don't want to draw attention to themselves they don't want to leave the house all of that was it scary for you to draw attention to yourself 
Or is that the sort of person that you are? You're that social, happy sort of person. Because I'd imagine that would be difficult, especially if you're going through struggles, to draw attention to yourself and people to actively then ask you about what you're doing. Yeah, so really, it's another really good question. So that was kind of like when I get anxiety and I kind of like it mix. I love being around people, but if I'm, if I'm suffering anxiety, like I kind of like, I find it hard to be around people. I find it hard to even go to a cafe and order a coffee because I feel like every conversation I have with people, I'm kind of being judged. But that day, I just caught like my anti-bad vibe suit and I actually, I was having like a good good day, like good vibes day. I'm like, I actually don't care what people think because like I want me to ask them. It's like my it's like my anti-bad vibe suit. It's like I want them to ask me. So it was, it was the purpose and the reason of like, okay, I'm wearing the suit to start conversations about mental health and, and focusing on helping people was like help my mental health more than anything. And yeah, and I've talked to other people and asked them. So like there's a guy, Dave, and he's the biggest legend. He'd travel like two hour and a half hours on a train every Friday morning to leave at like 3.30 a.m. to get to Florida Friday. He'd wear this like pink, pink, yeah, like out west. <laughs> and take, come take photos, edit the photos on the train and go to work. And uh, he would wear this pink suit, like full pink suit. I'm like, so talk me through like what does it feel like to you to wear, you know, that pink suit? He's like, man, as soon as I put it on, it's like, it's yes, it's like, it's my anti-bad vibe suit. People look at me on the train and like they're smiling and people look at me strange on the train, but I just want them to ask me. It's like when you're suffering from mental health, sometimes you just need to take time to yourself. But sometimes I kind of need to push myself and have a talk to myself and be like, okay, I've just got to get out and go for a run or I need to be around, you know, talk to people. It's going to help me. And I feel like as soon as you put on that suit, uh, the fluoro suit, it, it makes you happy, you know, and then you go out in the surf and all of a sudden you're surfing, talking to people and yeah, it changes your whole whole mood, eh? Like it gets the good vibes up super quick. So yeah, kind of you went from like worried about what people think to like I want people to ask me why I'm wearing the suit. I, feel, I can't keep the big smile off my face every time you talk about this <laughs> stuff because it does. I, like just seeing the fluoro, seeing everyone happy, it makes you happy. I think it's a brilliant idea. Oh, thanks so much. And it's funny because some Fridays literally like I'm like, if I've got anxiety, I'm like, oh, man, I've got to dress up again. And sometimes you don't feel like being around people. But then as soon as I chuck on the suit and put on some like fluoro zinc, like, okay, this is, we're, we're back on again. And it's like, yeah, even though if you're struggling a bit, it just always helps like make you, makes you more happy. So yeah, there's definitely been times when I've been like, oh, I don't know if I can like full dress up today. But as soon as you put it on and you're like, oh, okay, you're feeling like so much better. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy actually how it works. I didn't, I didn't ever think so much about how bright colors and that would help your mental health so much and connection like community because how else would you start a conversation with a stranger on the street who asks you like yeah. in a cafe like hey what's with the fluoro about and they think you're just on a party i think this is the thing it's the fun like, they think you're on a like a bucks party thing and as soon as you say mental health they're like oh man my brother's been through that or, or i've been through it mm-hmm. so it's like how else would you start a conversation with a complete yeah. stranger so it's like an invitation, and the floor is like an invitation to chat about anything and everything. And I think that's what helps you get up and chuck on your fluoro suit when you're not feeling so good. What sort of people actually ask you about it though? Because I imagine a lot of people would just stare and wouldn't come up to you and would just feel like, oh, what's that guy doing? Yeah. But what yeah. sort of person actually comes up and, and asks? Is there a certain type of person? Yeah, you would, like, all kinds, hey? Like, I've had a chat to a lady in the middle of, like, the boardwalk on Bondi and um, found out that, you know, we both had bipolar and you just kind of, like... And then there's guys who are shit about their brothers and there's some people that... Because surfers, we're not that good. Sometimes we'll go out in the surf and you won't talk to people. You just go out there, you want to get your ways before work, like... But there's some people that just look at you, but I've had just all ages, all kind of ages, kids in schools sharing their stories, you know... People that are older going, oh, we never used to talk about this. I wish there was something like this when I was, you know, I was younger. You get, you know, like families doing it. I had a message from a mum the other day saying, hey, look, I just want to thank you guys for the school program, um, running the school program. My my nine-year-old daughter, I was suffering some anxiety the other day, and my nine-year-old daughter said, hey, have you tried box breathing? She's like, where'd you learn box breathing? And she's like, oh, when the One Wave crew came to school. And so we get like all these different, all these different ages, you know, I think that's where the fluor on the ocean and stuff comes in. But yeah, it's kind of, yeah, I actually can't believe how many people will be willing to chat just 
once you've given them an invitation and said, hey, look, it's okay not to be okay, like we're here to chat. Well, that's great in this day and age when so many people are just on their phones or, or whatever and don't talk to each other. So, yeah, that's fantastic to hear. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's the thing these days. Like people are so – I think that's the one thing being down on the beach in the morning is like people don't have their phones so much. So it's mm. like, yeah, that's the, so they're actually willing to kind of like have more of a chat. Yeah. So I've got one final question for you that I ask everyone at the end of their interviews. If you could go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? I would say it's it's okay not to be okay. Like when I was younger at school, I thought you had to be happy all the time. And because people said I was the happy guy all the time, I thought I had to be that all the time. And I thought if I said I was struggling sometimes, if I was sad, then that might change the way and they might not see me as that happy dude. So I'd just say, look, it's, it's okay not to be okay. You know, like you don't have to be happy all the time. There's always someone there you can talk to. I've got the most supportive family and friends ever. And for some reason, it took me years to admit I was struggling. And I think the biggest thing is, yeah, just knowing it's okay not to be okay. And um, I would have just loved to know what mental health was. You know, we didn't get taught that at school. So I love that a lot of, you know, so many good charities like Live In and Batera doing mental health programs at schools these days. So I think if I was going to start in school now, I'd know it's okay not to be okay. So that's the big thing. I know I said that was my last question, but I've got one more quick one for you. Where is the best place to get fluoro clothing from? Oh, the best place to get fluoro clothing? That is a really good question. We have some fluoro tees on the OneWave site, so you can definitely jump on the OneWave site if you want to get some fluoro <laughs> tees. Fluoro zinc, like any of your local pharmacy, has fluoro um, zinc. Lowe's is actually a really good place to get some epic fluoro clothing. I didn't expect that, but we went on a road trip to Volcania recently and they had so many epic clothes at Lowe's. Um, Hawaiian Lays, you can get from a lot of your discount stores. I reckon once you chuck on some zinc and Hawaiian Lays or secondhand shops, even better. You can get a whole lot of epic party shirts from secondhand shops. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Grant, and speaking about your journey and everything people can do to help themselves and spreading the word for mental health, because I think it's such an important topic for everyone to talk about. So thank you so much. Thanks so much, Hammy, and thanks for everything you do to raise awareness of mental health. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Inspirational Tales. If you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love it if you could please share it with your family and friends so that we can inspire more people. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, please don't forget to leave us a rating or a view and make sure that you have subscribed or followed the podcast on whichever platform that you are listening to it on so that you can stay up to date as new episodes are released. Thanks again and I look forward to you joining me for the next episode of Inspirational Tales.